Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. So here tonight, I want to encourage somebody that here we see Jesus telling them to go do something new. It was a new journey that he was charting them to go on. He was sending them to new places. He was sending them out of their comfort zone. And let me just stop here and make a statement that when God is calling you out of your comfort zone, he knows that where you're going, he's going to back it up with the authority and with the anointing and with the power. And there are some of us that we're sitting there and we're saying, God, I want to go but I just don't feel like I've packed the right things in my backpack, God. I don't feel like I know exactly how to get there, God. I don't feel like I understand what you're trying to do. But Jesus again makes another statement in the book of Mark 16 and 17. And he states, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils and they shall speak with new tongues. Now, I don't know about you, um, if you read your Bible, there's some cool stuff in there. It's a big if sometimes, but if you read your Bible, there's some cool stuff in there. That word believe, it means that I've entrusted with. Jesus was simply stating that those that I have entrusted with, they're going to see devils cast out. They're going to see the sick healed. They're going to see the lame recover. And what Jesus was saying was, that I've given you favor for the journey. I've given you favor to be a New Testament church. And tonight, sometimes we're at this moment where we get to the place where we look and we say, God, how on earth am I going to be a part of a New Testament church? And we've been preaching about it. Pastor's been talking about it, about building a New Testament church. This is what we want to be. This is who we are. Is we're going to go back to the beginning. But sometimes, if we're all being honest, the whole casting out of devils thing, that, that might be a little awkward and uncomfortable. How many line up to say, well, I want to cast the devils out? I don't think anybody does. We, we're like, oh, that's kind of awkward. I don't know if I want to do that. But when it comes to seeing the sick recover, oh, man, we want to lay hands on them all day long. When it comes to saying, hey, I want to see somebody filled with the Holy Ghost, we want to lay hands on them all day long. But Jesus was saying, there's going to be some not-so-fun side of the things that you're going to have to deal with. The journey that you're going on and to be a New Testament church, there's going to be some things that you're going to have to walk through. And you're going to say, Jesus, I may not see five feet in front of me, but I know that when I invoke the name of Jesus, that you're going to guide me, you're going to lead me. Because God, you said that this journey that you were sending me on, that there would be favor. You said that this journey that I could call on your name and we could see things happen. And I want to encourage somebody. You might be wandering through this wilderness or maybe you're wandering through life. And we've been talking about a New Testament church and we're saying, God, I want to be a part of that, but we can't see in front of us. I want you to know that he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you until the end. And God is sitting here tonight letting someone know that, hey, if you can take that first step, I'm going to be with you to build a New Testament church in your, in your family, in your group. And I'm going to be with you in your community, in your neighborhood, on your street, and where there may be chaos. People may be dying on your street, but I'm going to be with you. Jesus tells them 
that you're going to go to some unseen places. You're going to go to some places where people hate you, where they despise you, where they're going to reject you. But he says, I want you to know to just dust your feet off and get back up and keep on walking. Because if we're going to be a New Testament church, we've got to believe that the favor that God has given us is bigger than the enemy that we face. If we're going to be a New Testament church, we've got to believe that the power in the name of Jesus is greater than any darkness in front of us. And here the disciples are. Now, I like to read the Bible as if I were there. When I read this, <laughs> I put myself in the disciples' shoes and I think, what would I do if Jesus told me that I could see the sick healed, the lame recover, and I could see devils cast out? In my mind, I like to make it, Sister Vanita, that I think I'd run to the nearest hospital and be like, let's see how great this works. Now, realistically, I don't know if that would be the case because I know me. And I'd be like, well, could it work? Could it not work? Am I going to look like an idiot to these people? But the Bible states that they went when Jesus told them to go. And what makes me so keen and what makes me want to read even more and what makes me, when I get to heaven, I've got so many, I've got so many questions. I'm going to walk up to people. One of my first people I'm going to visit when I get to heaven is Peter. I want to know why he cut the dude's ear off and what it was like when Jesus was like, sorry, bud. Like, I want to know, like here Peter is, thinks he's defending God. And Jesus is just like, dude, like, what are you doing? And in my mind, like, these are questions I ask. As you can see, it doesn't take much for me. It doesn't take much. But as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about the disciples. They're saying, hey, you know what? We've been called. We've been tasked. We've been commissioned. We've got this journey in front of us. And Jesus, we can't let him down because he has saved us and he's, he's done all these great things. And Peter's like, you know what? He healed my mom. And you know what? I, I want to see God. I, I don't want to let Jesus down. Because when they get out there then, they get out there and the Bible states that they went out and they came back. And Jesus asks them, can we feed people? And they said, well, we don't have anything to feed people with. They just were out laying hands on the sick, seeing devils cast out. And Jesus says, let's feed somebody. One of the easiest things he said for them to do. And instead of saying, we'll do it, we've got the faith. Where are we going to get the food from? And we get to this moment in our walk and our relationship with God where we've experienced favor from God, where we've seen miracles, signs, and wonders, and we've seen great and mighty things happen. But when it comes to our life and our relationship and our family, God, are you going to provide the bread and the fish? Jesus, where are you at? And Jesus is saying, hey, listen, that same power that it took to cast the devil out to heal the sick, it's the same power that you can whenever you're in stuck in a financial situation. It's the same power whenever you're wondering where the next meal is going to come from or if your family's going to be saved or if, if this is going to happen, if that's going to happen. Jesus is saying, just begin to invoke my name. Something happens when you say Jesus. Something begins to transpire 
When we say Jesus, the reason is, is that as the New Testament church, we were given favor. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, the book of Acts in 1 and 8 says you shall receive power. And I've come to tell somebody tonight that there is power here tonight. And all you've got to do is step into it and say, God, I want favor because I want to be a part of the New Testament church. God, I want favor. God, I want to be able to do what you've called me to do. And this favor, though, let me just say this. God is not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of sacrifice. Just ask Cain and Abel. And God is looking to partner and to give favor to those that will say, God, whatever it takes, you can have it all. Whatever it takes, God, because if we're going to build a New Testament church, God, I've got to lay it down because the disciples said, I'll lay my life down for you, Jesus. I'll do whatever it takes. And in the book of Acts, after the day of Pentecost, it says that they gathered all that they had for the church. If we're going to see God's favor on the life church, it's going to take someone saying, you know what, God, I don't care what it looks like. If I got to be the only one in my family worshiping, if I've got to be the only one sacrificing, I'm going to do it because I want the favor for a New Testament church. I want to be able to be the one that walks up and down my street and says, that's somebody that was a drug addict. That's somebody that was an alcoholic. But they met Jesus. They came in contact with Jesus. There's favor in the New Testament church when we are looking for what God can do. The favor is there. And let me just stop here and say this, that if you don't know haven't noticed that the spiritual warfare in this church has been ramping up. You might be living under a rock. Because it seems like since the end of October, beginning of November, that there have been attacks, there have been things that have been trying to infiltrate this church. And I want to let somebody know tonight that we've been given authority over every enemy, over every attack. And I want to let somebody know that when we invoke the name of Jesus, something happens. But the reason that that is happening it's because that whenever God calls somebody or a church to a new direction, you particularly, when God is shifting you in your life and your family and reaching and pulling you, trying to say, hey, this is the journey that I want you to go on, there's going to be resistance from the enemy. And I might just want to debunk some lies that the enemy has been telling some of us for far too long that we don't have a choice, that we have to suffer, that we've got to go through these things. And I just want to let you know that you've been given authority. I feel this in the Holy Ghost right now, that God is looking for somebody that you've been suffering and you've been going through it. You feel like you've been beat up one side and down the other and you're wondering where God is in the midst of all this and God is saying, hey, if you just begin to call on my name, if you just begin to sacrifice, I can give you the favor. I can give you the victory that you're looking for. Spiritual warfare has been ramping up. And whenever there is God pulling and whenever God is directing our individual lives into something else, spiritual warfare ramps up. So we need sacrifice without a doubt. That's, that's the first thing. But I believe that there are three things that happen when we sacrificed and God is calling us on a journey personally, you and I, for our family, for where we're going is the first thing is we need discernment. And I'm not just talking about walking by and saying, oh, I probably shouldn't go in there. 
I'm not just talking about something you see and you're like, oh, I probably shouldn't watch this. But I'm talking about trying. The Bible states that you shall know them by their fruits, right? And when we use discernment, I believe that God is calling for some of us to take a self-evaluation and to say, what's in my life that may not be good for me? It may not be sin, but it may not be good for me. It may not be sin, but it might inhibit favor. And the disciples here in this moment, Jesus calls them and he says, hey, you know what? I want you to go do these great things. But they had to use discernment. Because Jesus then tells them that if you're rejected, you're not welcome. Dust your shoes off and move along. And so many times we get to these moments in our lives where we're sitting there and we feel like we're spinning our wheels and we're saying, God, how how is this going to move? How is this going to happen? And God is just saying, just try the fruit. Is the fruit there? If not, let's just pick up and move. And sometimes it's time for some of us to realize that we've been sacrificing, that we've been looking for favor, and God is saying, I'm going to give it. But it's going to be require some discernment on your part to get up from where you're at and begin to move to the next step, begin to move to the next phase. Because if we just keep sitting there, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. If we just keep pounding our head against the wall, expecting that the wall is going to fall, it might after a while, but you might be dead. But Jesus is telling them, he says, I want you to go do something new, something that you've never done before. And we've got to use discernment to say, God, when you're calling me to something deeper, I want to know what's on the other side, God. And if the fruit isn't there, God, if I'm doing something that isn't right, God, if my fruit's not there, I've got to stop doing it. If it's not yielding anything for the kingdom, if it's not yielding anything for the mission, then what's it all about? And God was telling the disciples, hey, you're going to do something new. You're going somewhere new. But there has to be fruit attached to it. We've got to use discernment. Because in Matthew 7 and 15, it states this. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly are they ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Jesus was speaking to the disciples and telling them that if you're not doing in something for the kingdom of God, you've got to look at the fruits. You've got to have discernment to say, God, is what I'm doing for the kingdom? Is it about the mission of making disciples? Because if not, God, you've got to cut it down. So there's discernment. And Jesus then goes on to tell them that when spiritual warfare is raging, that when things are going on, he tells them that you've got to hunger for the deep things of God. Jesus, throughout Scripture, tells his disciples time and time again that this life that you've got to lay it all down, those that lose their life, those that give up themselves and seek after God will gain it. For the wages of sin are death. And Jesus was telling them that when you come after me, you've got to come after me with more than just a casual hunger. 
if we want the favor of God on our lives and in our families, we've got to seek after God with, an unban- with a hunger that is unmatched. Listen, I love pizza. I think everybody knows that. I love coffee. And I love pizza and coffee together. That may sound weird, but I do. Get the best of the grease and the milk. It's awesome. It's great. And I can throw down on a pizza. I can eat a whole pizza by myself. And you're all looking at me saying, yeah, we see that. But as much as I love the things of the pizzas, the fresh mozzarella, the pepperoni pizza, I'm speaking somebody's language right now, yeah. A hot cup of coffee. Those things are awesome. But if I'm not willing to push away the plate every once in a while to hunger after God and kill this carnal flesh, it's going to be real hard to obtain the favor for the journey. And God is reaching for some of us to say, you know what? If we could just begin to sacrifice, if we could begin to hunger after the things of God, on the other side of that is the revival in your family that you've been praying for. On the other side of that is the revival in your coworkers, in your friends, in your job. On the other side of that is the drug addict. On the other side of that, Brother Paul, is the alcoholic that's looking for somebody that's going to say, hey, come with me to celebrate recovery because I've got a Jesus that's able to solve everything that you've been looking for. And when there's a hunger, when there's a thirst, when there's an undying hunger for the things of God that cannot be quenched by the things of this world, then the favor begins to happen. And lastly... In order to obtain favor in our lives, for us to be the church in our community and our families. And, and let me just say this, that there, is, there are going to be moments in your life where you're sitting there and you're saying, God, <laughs> I don't get what you're trying to do. Anybody ever felt that? You're just wondering, God, where, what, what are you doing here? Well, I'll, all right, I'm the only one raising my hand, so maybe I'm just confused here. But I sit there and I'm like, sometimes I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, man, like, God, where are you? And then there are other times where I look in the mirror and I say, God, I'm thankful that you have ordained my steps and I know where you're taking me. And you know without a doubt, shadow of a doubt, that God's ordered your steps to go here and to do this and to do that. But there are other times where you're just like, God, I don't get it. But when we step into this moment where we've decided that we're going to take a journey, that we want to be the New Testament church, and, but we can't do it without the favor of God. When we step into that moment, there is going to come a time where you have got to make it up in your mind that it doesn't matter who's around or what's going on, but the kingdom of God is worth it all. And it may look like for some of us, it may look like taking a stand at the job. It may look like taking a stand with your family and saying, hey, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to do great things for God. As for me and my house, we're going to pray, we're going to fast, we're going to seek God. It may look like that sometimes. But there are other times where you come in contact with the things of this world where God is reaching and he's saying, hey, I'm going to see how serious you are about this. 
I don't know about you, but I want to be found as someone that God can trust. I want to be found as someone that God can partner with and say, you know what? He doesn't need me, but he wants to partner with me. He can do whatever he wants, but I want to be a vessel that says, God, in this last day, in this last hour, as Brother Stone King says, if you're going to use anybody, God, why not me? God, if you're going to partner with anybody, why not me? And so... The disciples have been sent out. They've sacrificed. They've hungered after God. They've used discernment. But here they are where they step into a moment and everything changes. Because for most of them, they're going to die as martyrs because they chose to follow after the things of God. And I don't think we're there yet right now here in this country, but that day could be coming. But there are going to be tests that you encounter, Brother Webb, where the enemy is looking and God is looking to see your response, to see if you're sold out to this thing. And God is saying, hey, if, you can, if I can partner with you, let's, let's see what you got. Well, last summer, I'd been praying and I said, God, I, I want to see the deep things of God. And whenever you pray that, you just be careful. Whew. When you pray that, you better be ready. And I prayed that, and (laughs) within several months of each other, I had two really unique encounters, I'm just going to say, as the musicians come tonight. Very unique. (laughs) The first was, I was at my grocery store, and I go to Hen House. That's on the Kansas side. I don't think you guys have them on the Missouri side. On the Kansas side, we got Hen House. And um, this grocery store by my house it needs some work. Like the fish department smells, the meat department smells. So like whenever I'm there, I try, I don't buy meat there. Like I just walk through real quick. And it happened one night where I was, I forgot something for dinner. But I needed to get something here in the bouillon. I need to get some bouillon. But I had to walk all the way around in front of the meat department and go over to get some milk. Don't ask me what I was making, I don't remember. But I'll never forget it. There was a lady there, and I walked in, and she just locked eyes with me. And I'm like, Ugh. and she had her AirPods in, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just kind of like doing my thing. I'm just big, cheesy, six foot three goofball, just like hi, waving to everybody, saying hi. And all of a sudden, she just snarls at me like, Arr. and I'm like, oh Jesus. And I'm like, okay, all right, this is how this is about to go down. So I just began to pray under my breath. I'm like, dear Lord, right now, Lord, God, you got to help me, Lord. And all I could think of was, Lord, Lord, Jesus, Lord, Jesus, Lord. And I began to pray, and I said, I take authority over every evil thing in this area. And when I said that, she just got, she just started walking towards me like this. And I'm like, oh, Lord. She had both AirPods in, and she said, what did you say? I said, in Jesus' name, and I just kept walking. I walked outside. This lady was propped up against the wall, bent over, sweating profusely. And she just stared at me as I got to my car, and God said, you want the deep things. You want to be a New Testament church? These are things that come with this. You want to see the things of God? These are, this is what happens. Not long after that, there was a situation 
where the opportunity came to pray for somebody. And God healed that person miraculously. There's going to be a test that comes to see if you're serious and you're sold out about being committed because God wants to give you favor. But it's when you say, God, I don't care what people think of me in the hen house and I'm sitting here praying under my breath and this lady's walking at me. But God, I I just want to be a partner with you, God. I I want to be what the disciples were because if we're going to build a New Testament church, we're going to have to confront some ugly things sometimes and say, God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Not who I am, God, but God, I want to live my life for who you are, God. People may make fun of me. People may mock me, but God, you know what? I don't care if I'm the person that walks through hen house saying in Jesus name I take authority over this place in Jesus name because I know at the other side of it there's somebody that's looking for deliverance if it's not about discipleship if it's not about the kingdom of God it's about nothing as we stand tonight and there is favor that God wants to pour out And there is favor that God wants to give you to see miracle signs and wonders in your family and in your neighborhood. And if we were being honest, there'd be some of us that would raise our hands saying, God, we need you now more than ever in my neighborhood. If there were some of us, if we were being honest, we could raise our hands and saying, God, unless you intervene in my family, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to encourage somebody tonight that when there's sacrifice, there's always Jesus. When you lay it all down on the altar, there's always Jesus. And when you say, God, I have a hunger for you, I have a thirst for you that can't be quenched by anything in this world, there's always Jesus. And when there's Jesus, there is power. Let's just lift our hands right now all across this place. The disciples hungered after the things of God so much so that when it didn't make sense and they were sitting there and Jesus told them to cast your nets on the other side. God, we don't get it. Jesus, we don't get it, but we'll do it. (laughs) Jesus said, I'm going to ascend and you're going to wait here. And they said, we don't get it, but we'll do it. And on that day of Pentecost, when they were all gathered in one accord, in one place, in one time, the Holy Ghost was poured out. Why? Because the disciples said, we don't get it, but we've got to have the favor of God for the journey. If we don't have the favor of God, we cannot be a New Testament church. Moses, God told Moses, he said, you can go possess the promised land, but I'm not going with you. And Moses put put it up in his mind. He said, God, if you're not going with us, we're not going into the promised land. And some of us have been trying to do things on our own. And God is saying, hey, I'm ready to give you the favor. I'm ready to partner with you, but you just have to sacrifice. Sacrifice and lay it all down. Something supernatural happens. When there's spiritual warfare that happens, the enemy will try to convince us that there is no way we can win the battle. But I have come to remind the enemy tonight that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood or against principalities, but we wrestle in the spirit and we war in the spirit. 
and where the enemy says you will never have victory, I've come to talk to somebody tonight in the Holy Ghost that there can and there will be victory because you can obtain the favor to move into the New Testament, to move to where God has called you to be. That's it. Just lift your voices right now. Begin to pray in the spirit if you know how. God's getting ready to do something here. Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, this altar is open. If you want to come forward, God's getting ready to do something right now. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.